You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Isn't it baffling that the God of the universe came down and put on humanity, died in our place, and then, and then literally gave us the grace to look like him on a daily basis? I mean, how good is that? <laughs> like, you, <laughs> I mean, I know you all know that the cross is not a, a somber. It, it's not a somber time any longer. It's, a cel- it's celebratory. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's it's literally what it's supposed to be when they when you when you've ever been to a funeral they call it a celebration of life. <laughs> it's really it's real important that we get this is this is celebratory. It's it's a celebration of his life and and Aaron said it so well. He's he's not on the cross any longer, and so though it brings me to tears at times, it definitely causes me to laugh a whole lot. Because the joy of the Lord is so, so very important. <laughs> There's no need to be somber about it any longer. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jesus. So I'm not speaking today, but I'm going to get an announce. I get the privilege of announcing our speaker. Um, but first, I want to just read these quick scriptures to explain something to you just briefly um, as you've seen over the last six weeks, we've been talking about a culture of honor. Um, I felt like that God is doing this intentionally. We're rehashing and also getting better language for uh, our culture so that you guys know what you are a part of. Um, and so I'm going to read these scriptures and then explain to you another aspect of our culture, which is really near and dear to my heart, very important um, to me and but you guys know that things need, you, things need language. You need to explain them. You need to lay them out so that people can. It says it in Habakkuk 2. Um, you write the vision down, uh, make it plain so that those who read it can run with it. And that's really, that's really important to us. It's really important in the body of Christ. And so this is out of Ephesians chapter 4. This is out of the, the New Living Translation. It's starting in verse 11. It says, now these gifts, now these are the gifts... Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Yeah, let's keep going. Just uh, two more. Instead, verse 15, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the body, uh, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part 
does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is the church. That's what this is. Every family of God. That's what this is. Revive the world is a, fa- a family, family of God. Every family, when we gather together in these buildings, there's people that have a responsibility to help us to grow up in Christ. Right? They, they, they encourage us. They push us forward. They share truth with us. And then throughout the week, we go deeper with Jesus on a daily basis in intimacy and take those truths and dive deep into them and, and find out what they mean to us. Because you're not going to get a full, complete teaching of any subject on a Sunday or a hundred Sundays, uh, for that matter, <laughs> because you just can't exhaust these topics. So one thing we do at, the, at Revive the World here is if you've ever been to a church, I know that when I started early on, seven over seven years ago, I knew pastors that preached 50 Sundays of 52 Sundays of the year. One pastor, right? And so I'm like, okay, that's good for them, but this is what I feel like we're supposed to do. Our leadership, which is compiled of, of nine people now, the majority of us teach from time to time. We have the ability, the grace, the gifting, and the anointing to teach. And so we, we are on a rotation. And we are on a rotation that you will never know because we never announce it. And the reason we never announce it because we're not gathering around people. We gather around the presence. And we don't want people to just come and listen to their favorite speaker. We want you to come and be a part of the family. But if I spoke 50 or 48 or however many Sundays out of the year... You would get my piece, my perspective, which is very, very small. But if we have five or six or seven different of our leadership, our leadership are the only ones that that teach. Um, If we have them teach, then they all bring their piece, right? And then you're getting a a fuller perspective of the picture. You're getting a different perspective from every teacher. And we've got men and women that teach because that's the way that it's supposed to be. (laughs) Not because it's supposed to be uh, uncommon, but that's we we need one another. Because you you need man's perspective, you need woman's perspective, right? Because we have different perspectives, which are very valuable and complement one another. And so when you see different people teaching, they are our leaders and they are teaching because they're bringing their peace and they are they're responsible to help equip, uh, mature, help us grow up in Christ so that we can so that we can be all that he dreamed we would be and walk walk in love together. Does that make sense? That's the way that's the way I think it's supposed to be. That's just my my personal perspective, my my personal Kind of a kind of opinion. I think I get it from the Bible, but um, I, I guess we can call it a, we can call it an opinion. I, I, I don't want to offend any any of you if you're like, well, you know, I I like what my pastor teaches every Sunday of the year. Well, that's great, but you you just wouldn't you just I, I would be robbing you if I did that, and I refuse I refuse to do that. It's just not to me personally. It's just not a healthy way to to do things. And so we've got teach people that we're empowering and they're teaching it. And one of them that I get to announce today has been uh, one of the instrumental women in uh, empowering us in the, in, the, in the revived family and helping us grow up in the Lord. And so Nikki has been, Nikki Wald, who Owen and her are part of our, our senior pastor team, 
Um, she has been teaching now for a few years anyway, and she got her start teaching here. She had a grace and gift on her life that I assume was passed down from her dad, would be my guess, and because Butch is, is a great teacher. And I've watched Nikki just excel and continue to rise higher and higher. And as she's done that, she's just, she's been so graceful and so diligent in studying the word and getting language that is helping us to grow and go with her, you know, and pushing us. And she's been somebody that's been a truth teller in my life, uh, along with a handful of others, and which has really personally helped me to grow. And I'm so very grateful for you, Nikki. So would you welcome Nikki as she comes? Holy Spirit was like, mic drop. Just kidding. (laughs) Thanks, Tony. Aren't you guys thankful? that you have a senior leadership team who just prays and obeys, <laughs> doesn't do what they think they should be doing, but does what Jesus is saying to do? I am. And not getting caught up in the traditions of man as we tend to do in ch- church culture so easy, but just following Holy Spirit's lead. It's, it's been a learning experience. It still is every day. <laughs> but that's what we do. We pray and obey, and um, I'm just thankful for for you guys, and you guys. I'm thankful for this family. Um, We just came off of an amazing women's retreat. Some of you in this room had a big role, and there's ladies in here. You guys blow me away. The ladies that helped lead, Janet, Karen, Linda, Sarah, Kaya, you guys, Cheryl, you guys are incredible, incredible ladies. Thank you so much for what you did and poured out. So many, we, uh, this is our first time we did a women's retreat. We usually do women's retreat just for Revive ladies, but we did, we opened it up for, uh, like, any, any ladies in the region and other churches because it's really revived the world's heart to be relational in the region, not just with one another, but um, coming together in unity. Uh, we don't all have to agree on everything, but we agree on one person, Jesus, and that's what unity looks like. And so we had, we had seven different churches represented at the retreat. We had like 50 women, seven different churches. It was incredible. So many people's lives were changed. And it really was just, we talked about family. That was the theme of the weekend, being in the family of God. And it, man, it was just so good. Like the family of God is just such a powerful place to live Um, unity is so powerful. Uh, We talked a little bit about John 17 and how Jesus said, he said, when we become one, he was talking to the believers. He was saying when we become one and what unity looks like, it says that in Colossians 3.14, that the bond of perfection, love is the bond of perfection. So when we come together loving one another, and he's talking about the body. When we come together as a body of Christ, he's not even talking about as we love the world, but we know we do that. But when we come together in unity and love for one another in the body, the world will believe. So unity is so powerful. The world is looking to us, right, to show them who God is. 
we do that through loving one another. So it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful to come together and just love one another, learn from one another. We talked about just what Tony shared today, that each of us has a role. Not one is more important than the other. And we can't be the body and we can't reveal God's heart without each one doing his part, his or her part. So uh, that's what we, we, we try to live it. That's what we believe. That's what the Bible says. It's exciting. So anyways, that was not even what I was going to talk about, but I just got excited. So I really want to talk today about being fulfilled in Jesus. And I forgot about communion. <laughs> so it was so fitting that we did communion today. Just I feel like Holy Spirit just set us up because it is finished. It is finished. Something to celebrate, right? Man, Jesus came and he died not just to get us to heaven. The goal has always been since before the foundations of the world... <laughs> relationship and communion with him, with the Father. And that's what Jesus did. He made us one with him, right? He died on the cross. We're now one with him. It says, um, you know what? I'm like really skipping ahead here. It's going to be okay, right? It's, it's, it's in there, okay? It's in there. <laughs> we are one with Jesus, and so it is finished already, we are, we've been restored back to communion with him. That was the whole goal the whole time. It's good news. It's good news. It's not a sad story. It's not a sad story. It's a reason to celebrate. We have everything we need in him. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. All of our needs have been supplied already. Does that make sense? Like, we're one with him. We have Christ Jesus one with us. So all our needs are met already. Our oneness with him is what completes us. Not having our physical needs, not having food in our fridge, not having a house to live in, not having clothes. That's not, I know that that, that can be read in that same context. And Jesus says, God is a good father. He wants to meet our physical needs. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying our needs, what we were designed to draw from, be fulfilled by, is him. Our identity was created by him. Therefore, it can only be found in him. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So it's good news, because we already have Christ Jesus, one with us. You know, having, when we think of need, my needs being met, we think of it as like material things or like, I need this, I need that, I need this to be okay, I need this to be okay, I need whatever it is. Mark, there's, we all have our little boxes that we need checked off to be okay, right? To be fulfilled, to be satisfied. I need my relationships to be healthy. I need people around me to be in control of their, because I don't like a mess. I need, well, if my job was just different. Well, if my prayers just got answered. Well, if my healing just would come and I wasn't in pain all the time. 
Well, if in all those things Jesus wants for us, he's a good father. He's not withholding anything from us. He died so that we could be free and be whole, right? So, of course, he wants those, but that's not what fulfills us, guys. That's not, that's not the core of what really will fulfill us. He is our prize. He is our promise. And we have him. <laughs> like Aaron said, he's not going to jump back on the cross and, like, die over and over so that we can be more one with him. Like, we just are one with him. There's nothing, like, what more do we want him to do? <laughs> we feel, feel free to experience God's goodness in any way that you are feeling, okay? This is a safe place to laugh, to cry, to experience his goodness, to just let his revelation come right into the heart, pass through the understanding. <laughs> we don't have to figure it out. Right? Thank goodness, because really nothing I say can do anything. It's all Jesus. It, the, the only way any of this can become, come past your mind into your heart is really through the grace of God. It's not because I'm standing up here saying eloquent words. <laughs> Believe me. So I just throw seeds, and he does the rest. So just let him do it, you know? So feel free to express yourself. Just wanted to give you that. Wee. I'm going to get it together eventually. I don't have any of these Bible verses marked, and that's okay. Jesus, I just love you. You're so good. I'm going to be reading out of Romans 8. I'm going to prove to you that what I'm saying is not blasphemy. I have a lot of people in my life who, <laughs> it's just a joke, guys. Don't, it's, it's just a joke. Um, so Romans 8, 1 through 11 Hmm, this is going to be so beautiful. New King James. Thank you, Rachel. You're the best. There is now for no condemnation. Wait, am I in the right place? Let me see here. Hold on. Real quick. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to start in 2, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's what Jesus did on the cross. We are free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. Who don't, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law. He made us free. The law of sin and death has been fulfilled in his death and resurrection. We are now able to be in communion with him. What happened? Sin separated us from him. Jesus came, fulfilled the requirements. Sin and death are gone, right? Just trying to make it simple. So now the goal has been met. 
The goal was always communion with him, relationship with him. What separated us from him, our sin, has been killed, nailed at the cross. So that's why we can't be separated from him anymore. Does that make sense? Sometimes we just need a revelation of what we already know, you know what I mean? Oneness with him and communion with him, relationship with him is what fulfills us. That is what satisfies us. That is what makes us whole. That is what is what we were de- designed to live in. And we will never be fulfilled by anything else. Truly. Truly. Ephesians 1.3, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heaven places in Christ Jesus. In him, we have every blessing in the heavenly places, and we're one with him. It's the gospel good news. So my question is, since I just convinced you all that's true, <laughs> why don't I feel fulfilled? Why don't I, why am I not experiencing fulfillment? Because we, you know, we ha- things come up. I'm not up here like, I'm so fulfilled completely, right? I ha- There's things in life that happen to steal my joy, right? Maybe we don't believe it. <laughs> because if we're saying that he's lacking anything on his end, then, um, you know, what more does he need to do? I'm just talking about myself, guys. The battle is in our mind. Maybe we are not believing he did what he did, and we are who we are, and he is who he is already. Right? Because I I would be absolutely wrong (laughs) to say that he owes me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He's already done everything. Right? That's why we talk about mystery boxes, because when things happen in life that we don't understand, we, it, it, com- it comforts us to come up with reasons why things are happening or to blame people or God for why thing we don't understand. Right? But does this say it? No. Then we don't need to make up an answer for it. We just put it in the mystery box. Because this is the highest form of truth. You know, we pa- truth is higher than fact. You may be experiencing sickness and praying for your healing, and it's not happening. You're like, well, then God must not heal. He must. We make up all these reasons why God doesn't come through. But if it doesn't say it in here, then why am I making it up? We have to be okay with letting things pass over our understanding, right? In order to have peace. That's what it says in the word. So do I believe that Christ is in me and I'm one with him and I have everything that I need? (laughs) Do I or not? Do I believe it's really finished? We get up here and we say, it's finished. Let's celebrate. But are we really believing it's finished? I'm talking about me. Um, 
because, I mean, many times I have seen God for what he can do for me and not and said, I'm never going to be okay until you check off all my boxes, God. I'm just never going to be fulfilled. I'm waiting for an event to happen, a thing to happen in order to be fulfilled in life. And then those things do happen sometimes and sometimes they don't. And guess what? I'm still not fulfilled because it's not him. So I'm looking and searching for the thing that's going to just make my life so much better. And then he's like, but I'm one with you. I'm right here, closer than your skin. So why, So don't, let's not miss him, right? I mean, <laughs> I stumbled through a couple Wednesdays ago. <laughs> Because I just am like, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm just not satisfied with the way that we do church culture in America anymore. I'm like over it. Like done. Cause I mean, I used to just go to church and I would that's the box I'd check off. I went to church today. Whoop-dee-doo. That did nothing for me. Jesus did a lot for me though, and he still is right now, even in the second, because I can feel his presence. And I'm safe in him. And knowing him, intimacy with him, knowing, truly knowing, not just a head knowledge of knowing him, but knowing him in intimate relationship is what we are all designed for. It's not just for the person up here speaking. It's not for a select few. We are all invited to have a seat at the table. So it's for you too. It's possible for you to be fulfilled in Jesus in your life. And what I have learned is that I get to choose him even when I don't feel like it. I get to choose, Jesus, you fulfill me even though I don't have it together. I, my life is a mess. I, don't, I feel anxiety. I feel scared. You know what? I choose you. You are what completes me not having this leave me right now. There's a word for someone. We are not waiting for our prayers to be answered, to be fulfilled. We are not waiting for the next breakthrough. I'm being stern, but I'm doing it in love. Know my heart. I'm talking about me. I'm talking from experience. Right? We get to choose even when we don't feel like it. What does that look like? Surrender. Surrender. Jesus, I'm going to let you be everything to me. I don't need this thing working out to be okay with me, to be okay, right? Surrender. The more I experience his love, the more we always go back to this. We're never going to stop talking about it. The more we experience his love and let him love us, the more that I realize that he's all I've ever wanted and needed. If I never let him love me, I will never experience his love, and I will never experience a a taste of the fulfillment that's available to me. And guess what? The love is never ending. It just gets better and better and better and better. It's good news. Psalm 23.1, he is my shepherd, therefore I have all I need. These verses are just like, Wow, I never really looked at it like that ever. I, there's so many. There's just like, 
I just never saw it as in the context of this message that he's, I already have everything I need, right? Him. He's right here. So many times I missed him because I was like, well, I just need my prayer answered and then I'll be okay. You know, I just need my breakthrough. I just need my promise. He is the promise. He's the promise. Does he want to fulfill all his promises over our life? Yes. Well, we really, he already has because he already came and he already died and he already made us one. But, yes, does he want to meet all our other needs? Yes, he's a good father. Do I want to give my kids good things? Do I want them to have their dreams? Do I want them to be in pain? No, I don't want them to be in pain. Okay? I want them to be life and life abundant, John 10.10. 10. That tells us what, who God is. I have come to give you life and life abundant. The thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's saying, look, this is who the enemy is, and this is who I am. There's no questions about it. There's no what ifs. Well, what about this? No, he comes to steal and destroy. I come to give life. It's just that simple. That's it. That's it. So now we know how kind of God he is. It's good news. He's good. He's good. We can smile. We can be happy. We serve a loving father. I'm not even the perfect parent, but I just want my kids to succeed, you know? I just want them to be happy, and I want to give them all the things. And we always have to go, we, we go back to this thing of, like, well, I, need my, I need to know why. Well, you got to let that go. Sometimes you're not going to know why. Are you still willing to give your life to him? We all have to make that decision. I can't make it for you. And there's grace. There's grace. There's no, it's not condemnation. <laughs> we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? When we do it in our strength and we get real, real tired and we get real, real bogged down and it becomes really difficult. But we, we just lean back into our good father and let him love us. So what can I do to... Okay, if the only thing we're lacking, if you really want to say we're lacking something, there has to be something we're lacking, then we're lacking in the belief and the faith department <laughs> of what he already did, right? So what can I do? I love practical. What can I do? Believe better. Just believe better. <laughs> you, are in, you are a powerful person. You are in control of you. You have the ability to renew your mind. According to the truth of the word, take thoughts captive, read the word, let it wash over you, right? Not in our own strength, but in his. It's not hard. We just let him, we just focus on letting him love us and being intimate with him, and he, he helps us with that. But, but the, what you can do is believe better. It is possible to believe better. The more I believe that he is who he says he is, the lesser the circumstances around me can let me down or people can let me down. Because I'm, if I'm really convinced that he is who he says he is, then the situations and people don't dictate my joy, my happiness, my fulfillment. What people think of me doesn't dictate my, my joy, my fulfillment, because it's in Jesus. Right? That's freedom. That's actual freedom. <laughs> Right there. 
We're getting more and more tastes of it as we go on, right? We're getting more and more free. We're getting, we're getting this, the belief thing. <laughs> it's good news. Like that we're getting it, guys. There's no, there's no pressure to perform, okay? Let's just wash that off. We're getting it. Jesus is helping us. I want to read Philippians 3.8, but I want to read it in the NLT. Philippians 3.8. Whew. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Maybe if we count everything else garbage, we would gain Christ, like Paul said. And we would really, in our belief system, believe that he is everything that we need. Maybe surrender really is the secret, the practical application to being fulfilled in him. I think it is. I just like saying maybe a lot, but I think it is. So what are we holding on to? We can ask ourselves, what are we still holding on to? What, do, what is something that we're holding on to or things we're holding on to that are keeping us from that, that we are believing in our minds are actually what we need to be okay in life. Not that they're bad, because th there can be really great things, like promises God has given us, that we're holding on to and we're, like, making idols in our life. Been there, done that. Is it like our comfort, our dreams, our things? <laughs> you know, this is something I believe in America, we, we really have to work through this more than people in other countries because they don't have things. They don't have to work through that. They're not holding it. They don't literally have nothing. Nothing is getting in the way of, you know what I'm saying? We face things that are different here. Things aren't bad. Like Tony says, things aren't, it's not bad to have things, but do things have me? <laughs> That's the problem. What if we just abandoned it all for him? You know, and I believe, like I said, there's grace for him to help us do that. Because it's like, how do we do that? You know, I want to do that, but how do I do that? And there's grace, and there's, <laughs> there's, we have all we need in him. So if he's asking us to abandon it all, he's going to give us the grace to abandon it all, right? <laughs> it's all his grace. It's all his grace. I, there's been times in my life where I'm like, you know, Jesus, I would never say this out loud. <laughs> But I realized in my thinking, in my belief system, I was really thinking, well, you do this, you come through on your end, and I will be okay, right? I, then I will be fulfilled in life. If my marriage was complete, if I, I don't know, just name it, okay? Just name it. <laughs> if my relationships were healthy, if... If I just had a different boss who didn't annoy me, if my kids weren't so annoying, if my, if whatever, 
you know, then I would be okay. If my dreams were just fulfilled, if I was that person, we covet other people, if I just had what they have. Wow, how divisive is that kind of thinking because we're, spo- we're all unique and we're all valuable in the body, even the person who's cleaning the toilets, right? We, I feel like, <laughs> I just, I hate this like uh, rock star thing that we do in the Americanized church. We just make whoever's up front like the rock star, the most important person. And it's like, we forget about everyone else. Like, what if those people are, have just stepped into what they were called to do? And that's just one small part, one tiny little incy part. That's it. And, and what if you stepped into what yours and yours look different and that's okay. It's supposed to look different. What if we valued our, each other and what we have to bring and stop making the one person the rock star? We're all rock stars. We're all his favorite. Surrender is a choice that you will not never regret. You'll never regret it because once you surrender everything else that you need to happen and look at him, <laughs> let him love you, experience his love, what he thinks about you, you'll, it, you'll count it all as worthless. The more that you do that, the more you realize and start to believe, wow, he really is all that I need. And even though I don't live it perfectly, at times I get in my thinking where I get out of that space. It's just, it's okay. We're in process. We're all in process. None of us have a think perfect. We haven't renewed our minds perfectly to truth yet, but we're working on it in his strength. We're just enjoying the journey with Jesus. Everything I'm telling you right here is possible. It is possible to be fulfilled completely in him. It is. It is. It really is. Natalie sent this uh, YouTube video. You, so good. Heidi Baker speaking at um, Jesus Image. And um, the title of the message was, Am I Bargaining with God? <laughs> um, and she was, she was like, I, I bargain with God. I, I tell him I don't want to do that. And he's like, hey, in a stern way, like, no, you don't get to tell me. (laughs) She, when you know the goodness of God, when you know the nature of who God is, that he really is love, when you truly know that he's good, things like that aren't scary because he really loves us. (laughs) But it's true, like, we, what are we bargaining with God for? What are we needing him to come through on his end with in order for us to surrender? Surrender is a trust fall. You don't get to know what's happening, what's going to come next always, you know? 
and I and I feel like knowing the nature of who God is is so important because you don't trust and surrender to a God that you don't really know is good. If you have an idea of God the Father angry and mad and ready to strike you dead any second, then you're probably not going to surrender to someone like that. If you have an idea of who God is, a God of control, he wants to manipulate and control you, you're probably not going to surrender to God like that. That's not who God is. People have done unintentionally done a really bad job of revealing who God is. The church has done a really bad job of revealing to the world who God really is, that he's love and he's good and he's for people. Our parents have done a really bad job unintentionally. They're doing their best. We all do the best with what we have, right? But sometimes people have hurt us, and then we adopt these ideas of who God is that he isn't. So what if we really just let him love us, and we really just experienced who he actually is, and we'll be able to surrender our life to him, like actually give our life to him? That's why I don't believe in sharing the gospel and uh, getting people saved if they haven't had an experience of his love first. Because they don't even know what kind of God they're giving their life to. If they're just giving their life to a God because you tell them to, and they're not, a, and there's no love involved, then they're serving a God of religion, not a God of relationship. <laughs> That was free. <laughs> Thanks, Holy Spirit. So what I want to do, I really do want to, I'm going to close. I just, I just believe there's opportunity for us to surrender and, like, God's probably already highlighted areas that we're, we're putting in front of him, we're needing, that, that have our attention, have our need to be fulfilled above him. It's not bad to want things to happen. It's not bad to contend for breakthrough. It's not bad to contend for your promises to be filled. It's not bad to contend for healing. I'll never stop contending for healing ever. It's not bad. It's just, is that where my need is? Like, have I placed that in the spot of fulfillment, true fulfillment in my life over him? I just hate talking about this because I cry, but I just feel like I'm supposed to. But like, like God gave me a promise and I prayed for that promise to come true for like nine years and I didn't see anything happen. Nothing. And I I truly believed that that thing coming true would satisfy and fulfill my heart's desire. And I feel like it did satisfy a part of it because God created that, put that dream there. And it wasn't a bad dream. It wasn't a bad thing to want and desire, but it did take the place of him. I missed him. I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back and Instead of being so angry at him for not coming through and just waiting on the waiting. Who cares? I'm tired of the waiting. He's right here. We're not waiting on anything. I'm tired of hearing sermons about getting through the waiting. We're not getting through. We have him. 
What are we getting through? What are we waiting for to happen that's going to be so profound and so amazing that it's just going to make our life's fireworks go off or something? What is it? He's right here. And I wish I could go back and I wish I could just see him. He was right there. And I went through many years of that and then I came to the point where I chose to surrender and just say, Jesus, even if it never happens, you have my yes. I made that choice. No one else made that choice for me. I did the hard thing. You can do it. Don't be a victim. You're not a victim. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of the God of the universe. You're loved. You're chosen. You're called. You've been called since before the foundations of the world. You're important. You're valued. You're not waiting on anything. And at the same time, we are. Does that make sense? And I made that choice to look him in the eyes when he was just saying, I love you, I'll be here. I love you, I'll be here. And I wanted answers. And I wasn't going to leave my closet floor or I was stuck for days, depressed, not eating, not showering, just like I want to die. I made the choice to look at him and say, you know what? This isn't working. (laughs) I'm a mess. But you're here loving me anyways, and so I choose you. So it's just, I think it would be a good idea right now to just ask him for forgiveness. We're trying to be fulfilled in things or ideas or whatever instead of him. Because he is worthy of all of us. He's worthy of having my whole life, my whole yes. And by the way, the prayer did get answered. (laughs) And they're walking around here. And they're worshiping Jesus. And they prophesy. And they heal people. And they're three years old. And I'm still not fulfilled in them. They don't fulfill me. The promise came and they still don't fulfill me. He does. gets answered are you gonna look at him are you gonna give your life to him anyways are you still gonna let him love you are you still gonna love him back are you still gonna be singing you can have it all if the dreams never get fulfilled are you able to do that are you if you have anxiety for the rest of your life are you still gonna look at him in the face and let him love you and choose him every day 
want to stand with me and let's just lock eyes with him for a minute. Just get comfortable. You don't have to stand. Just press in for just a few minutes. Just give him a few minutes. Jesus, we're sorry for bargaining with you. We're so sorry for putting anything in your place, the spot you fitted. Forgive us. Help us, Jesus, to renew our minds to the truth of who we already are in you. surrender all over to you, Jesus. We don't want to miss your face. We don't want to miss another moment with you. <laughs> We're tired of just doing church as, as normal. We're tired of doing the things. We want you. satisfied and fulfilled and how can we bring others into that same reality when we aren't how can we bring other people into the knowledge of who God is if we don't even know him he isn't just coming to church he isn't just memorizing scripture he's a person he's a person Give him what you need to give him. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. It's been what you've been waiting for your whole life. He has been what you've been waiting for. He's been waiting for you to lock eyes with him your whole life. let him love you doesn't force his way in on any of us we get a choice we get to choose just want you to put your hands out like this and receive Jesus would you come and love us just come and show us what you think of us want to experience a taste of being fulfilled in you. Just a taste. Just show us, God, what we are created for. Just begin to feel. Begin to see.
begin to hear what he has to say about you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love resting on us. Thank you for showing us who you are, God. feel like he's saying that he still hasn't changed his mind he still hasn't changed his mind about us about you he's still for you he's still faithful you are worthy of the call than our skin. Just ask Jesus what he thinks about you. Say, what do you think about me? first thing that pops in your head, that's how you hear him. He's, he's closer than their skin. It's really not hard to hear him. That's the first thing that pops in your head. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. He loves you. it easy to surrender because you're just so good. You're just so loving. It's our joy to say yes to you all over again, God, and choose you again all over. It's our joy. We don't have to do anything else. We just love you. We just give our hearts to you. You don't have to do anything else. We just love you. You don't have to do anything else. We just love you. We just love you. You have my yes.
to him. I don't want anyone else. I don't want anyone else. I don't need anything else. You are my wife. You are. And I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone else. I don't need anything else. You are my one thing. You are just Don't miss what Jesus is doing just because you may feel uncomfortable or <laughs> he's here in a way you don't, you've never experienced. Just press in. Don't miss what he has for you. If you have to go, be blessed. We love you. We don't want to keep you if you have to go. We honor your time. If you want to press in, if you need to come up here and get on your face and just experience his goodness, if you want to feel more, Come up here and we'll have people to pray for you, lay hands on you. If you want to experience the God who loves you, who's known you for, since before the foundations of the world, if you want to experience him, like have a real experience of the God of love, come up here. Don't leave without experiencing him. Don't. It's life-changing. Come up here and we'll pray for you. Let him do what he wants to do. Jesus is really, really happy. He's really, really good. He's not scary. He's really, really good. All the things he has for us are good. Just come on up front. The leaders can come and they can pray with you and you can experience Jesus. Come on, get on up here. Come on, he's really good. You have our yes, Jesus. You have our yes, whatever it looks like. You have our yes.
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.